Cape Talk. Call Pippa now on 021-446-0567. That is the number to dial if you've got a gardening question because what a pleasure it is to welcome back Mornay Fallheimer, uh, owner of Superplants Garden Centre in Takai, a former president of the SA Nursery Association. Somebody you know very well has an absolutely encyclopedic knowledge uh, when it comes to gardening matters. So here is your cho- uh, your chance to pick his brain. Always lovely to have you with us, Mornay. Lovely to be here. I'm surprised anybody's got anything left in their garden with the wind blowing as it's been, bl- as it's been blowing this week, though. No, you know what? We're used to it. Come on, let's face <laughs> it. Come on, if, you, if you're a garden in Cape Town, if you're a plant in Ca- Cape Town, you need to be resilient to the southeaster yeah. and then the, and then the worst is come winter it just comes from the other direction so you've got to take it on yeah, you've got to take yeah. it from both <laughs> okay. sides you see it's not even one and that's the important thing if we took um take into consideration when you stake trees yeah. in cape town or large shrubs it's important to use two stakes one on oh. either side uh preferably so that the plant can move in either direction so if you're only using one stake it's only going to help either in the winter or the summer so you need two stakes to that's ensure clever. it that it's properly secured. Um, so your, your, how can I put it, the stakes must actually not face uh, south uh, east northwest the other direction what would that be <laughs> <laughs> the brain rods finished more <laughs> it must be per- perpendicular yes. to that direction okay um, and then obviously it's very important when you are staking that tree or that shrub um, to use a material which has got a little bit of a flex in it please okay. whatever you do never use cable ties it's the worst <laughs> thing that you can use because it'll bite into the into the stem or into the bark of the tree and damage it. That makes a lot of sense. If yeah. all else fails, old nylon stockings, I don't know who wears them anymore, but <laughs> they they really work well because it's got that uh, bit of stretch in it. But you do get a tree or a shrub tie, um, okay. which is made from a plastic, which has specifically for that reason, has a little bit of stretch in it and also will eventually break on the tree because the worst thing that you can use when staking is to forget to adjust the, uh, the, the strap over time and eventually it also starts biting. So you want something which will eventually give once the tree. Remember, a tree only requires staking for about two years maximum after planting. Thereafter, you don't want it to get too soft. It needs to stand literally on its own uh, trunk, so to speak. And... um, you, you want something that will eventually break and give. And that's the nice thing about nylon stockings. They're yeah. not UV resistant, so they eventually perish in the sun and then they'll give their and way. And eventually give way. Yeah. But they're great. Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling because uh, whenever I, I used to have to wear them for school, so morning, whenever there was a ladder on, on one side, we'd cut off the laddered leg and my mom would grab them for the garden and I'd grab a few pieces for hair ties. There and we go. Uh, yeah, simply wear yeah. each, yeah, use the other leg with another pair that you've done the same to and there we go Bob's your uncle okay so hair ties for staking and remember the two different stakes in different directions to accommodate the wind and uh, apart from that I mean do we have to do anything different for them should we be feeding watering differently given what's happening in the wind I think this time of the year you must remember that uh, February uh, in January February are the hottest months in Cape Town we tend to forget it we always think that you know we think of of December as being summer Um, but our temperatures peak in the Western Cape during the February month, which means that watering is very important and deep good watering. You know, the plant is under incredible stress when the wind is blowing like this because the transpiration levels just go through the roof and that's the loss of water through its leaves. So good deep watering is the way to go. Don't go and do shallow watering with a hose pipe and just think, you know, you're doing the the plant a favor. And also in extreme heat, we often have this. The worst thing that you can do, Pippa, is water over the foliage of any plant. You know, we tend to think late afternoon we're doing the plant a bit of a favor by cooling it down. No. 
don't do it. First of all, um, that um, spraying water onto the leaves creates in heat, high humidity. Humidity leads to the onset of fungal diseases, which okay. is a problem. And the second big problem that you've got, and I've seen it a lot around with uh, with, with clients who brought in samples to me, is you get little black spots on the leaves. And those yep. black spots on the leaves are actually caused by the drops um, forming little, um, uh, they, they, what do you call them when you look through a, Microscope. Okay, like, yeah. Uh, looking glass. What do you call those things again? I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not following. <laughs> to, make, uh, yeah. to, uh, to make um, words look bigger. What do you use? Magnifying, uh, magnifying glass. Magnifying glass, yes, okay. So what yeah. it really does, there's that droplet of water acts as a magnifying glass, and it concentrates oh. the sunbeams down into a small little spot, and you actually get burning on the leaves itself. That's interesting. Yeah. So the drop of water itself becomes exactly, a magnifier because, rather than… Exactly, okay. because remember, in nature, you'll never have the sun shining at its peak and have rain at the same time. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. So that magnification through the droplets can also cause damage. So into the ground, deep watering, that's what the plants require at this time of the year. And obviously, it's also a good idea to, um, if you see plants which are really taking strain in your garden in terms of their position, relook at what you've planted there mm-hmm. in that spot. And, um, you know, maybe you planted it in spring where it was a little bit, uh, the climate wasn't so harsh. And if you think, oh, this plant is really, really taking strain, make note of it. Don't move it now. Wait till things go cooler in autumn and then move it to a spot which you've identified in the garden is maybe less harsh, either less wind or maybe a little slightly more protected from a shade point of view. Anything to just sort of take the edge off for the plant. But don't move it now. Now is the worst possible time that you can transplant, Pippa. So that might explain the first question that came through from one of our listeners, Jill, who says she has transplanted a tree fern and now it is dying. She doesn't give a lot of information about how big it is, how old it is, where she's transplanted it to or from. But but I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if that's exactly what you've just said, Mornay, bad timing. Bad timing. Yeah. However, not all is lost. Okay. Um, tree ferns have got an incredibly fibrous root system, which means that irrespective of how you've taken it out of the ground um, or repotted it out of a pot, there's a lot going for it. The best advice that I can give is cut off all the fronds. Bar okay. one. Bar one. Um, that's what we do in horticulture when transplanting okay. it. You will find that way the plant has got a better chance of putting its resources into a new frond, which will soon unfurl. And there's okay. nothing prettier in my mind, Pippa, than the unfurling of oh, it's beautiful a fern. To watch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely, it's just gorgeous. And also taking into consideration they must be in a protected area because that new soft frond is so tender and so delicate that the hot wind will burn the edges if you don't um, be careful. I mean, even our indigenous cycads, the same thing. When they push out new leaves, they're absolutely soft. Eventually, they go so rock hard and spiny that yeah. nothing eats them. But during that period where they're soft, they, ca- they are susceptible to wind burn. And you sometimes get brown tips on them. And then eventually, six months, seven months down the line, you've got these brown tips and you wonder, where did it come from? And it was just at that formative stage of development that they got burnt. And they can, they can be growing in the shade, but through a hot wind, they can still be dehydrated and just burn at the tips. Okay. Jill, I hope you, uh, you will take, take some notes there. And uh, good luck. Let us know whether the fern survives, please, using Mornay's technique. I'm smiling. Pat has messaged us, Mornay, to say, I have cold feet and I always wear pantyhose when the weather changes. I have two friends with beautiful gardens and they are always happy to receive my throwaways. <laughs>
Oh, there, there go. we go. It's a good symbiotic relationship going there. Okay, Athian and Kirsten Hoff has conifers that are always turning brown and then slowly dying off. She says, I was told to move them away from a wall that reflects heat, but I'm not sure if that would work. Any advice? It could be. It depends entirely on the type of conifer that you've got, so a little okay. bit more information might help. But generally speaking, conifers can handle extreme heat. Um, okay. they, they Obviously, their leaves are needle-like. They're designed to tolerate extreme heat as well as as extreme cold and that's if you look at all the conifers one of the reasons why they can tolerate uh, incredible uh, low temperatures Pippa, is that they're one of the few plants that actually contain inside their um, their sap a resin which acts as an antifreeze which means that during the winter months in especially the northern hemisphere in the yeah. cold climate um, the, the the sap inside the leaf doesn't expand and that's really why plants drop their leaves um, in, in very cold environments. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, um, the water inside the leaves would basically expand. That's what happens when water freezes, just, yes. and and then the cells would burst. And that would obviously hemorrhage, basically, the plant. So yes. in order for them to protect themselves, they drop their leaves, and that's why we have deciduous trees, whereas the um, conifers fall into the group of plants which are evergreen, and in very cold environments, the, 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 their sap doesn't freeze because of that internal um, antifreeze that they have. Which Nature's is, which amazing. Is, no, it is amazing. Yeah. So I don't think that's the problem, but with conifers, we must watch out for a little um, a little a cypress aphid, uh, which can infect yep. this uh, inside. You'll see them specifically. Uh, they cause brown patches. They're a sucking insect. They were introduced to the country oh, probably about 30 years ago, yeah. and they can cause damage. The best way to look for them is if you go onto the inside of your, your cypress and you shake the plant. If you find lots of little flying insects, um, mm. specifically flies, that is an indication that you've got the aphid. The aphid itself doesn't fly but the flies go for their secretion which is right. a very sweet sap um, and that's one way of identifying it. If you do have that, there are many products on the market that you okay. can utilize to control it. It doesn't mean that you lose the tree completely. Um, I just say pop, pop down to your local garden center and say to them listen, this is the problem that I've got. Give me something to, to solve the problem with and that you'll be able to be helped immediately. Fantastic. Thank heavens there is a, a remedy for this one. Yeah. Okay, thank you and Athian, good luck to you and the conifers. All right, I think we can squeeze in a voice note uh, that has come through from from a listener with a question for Mornay. We have got time for one or two, so get them through to 0725671567 if you'd like to do so. Hey, Pippa, um, you can show your guest this. I was driving past um, this place in Montague Gardens, and they've got an entire vegetable garden um, at the front of their factory. It looks absolutely amazing. It's so pretty, and I'm like, why not? And they've got veggies growing there. I think there's mealies there. Uh, it's really, really cool, and I think, obviously, they give it some to the workers, or I don't know, but it's really awesome and a good use of space um, for some places in Montague Gardens. Thank you. I'm wondering if that is the the rugs rugs um they make those gorgeous dog leads and harnesses and things like that. I know going back several years now, way before COVID, I interviewed someone from that factory about what they were doing to try and make better use of their pavement space. And it was originally, I think, intended for making food accessible to anybody who needed it, who was living on the street in that area. But it's quite a big ask to have a veggie garden growing on a pavement in an industrial area, Mornay. It eh? is It is yeah. indeed. Big ask, but very, very possible. And the, yeah. the, the fact of that when you do something like that... Um, Plants that grow low is always a good idea. So getting back to your 
prick question on, on brain drain. Pumpkins, good idea. Squashes, yep. <laughs> very good idea. Anything that's low and flat, yep. um, obviously less wind damage. Um, you don't want it to grow into the road because obviously then things will get driven over. Um, but yes, a fantastic that people are thinking that way yeah, because absolutely. we need to make better use of space. That's absolutely. really what it boils down yeah. to. Okay, we can quickly squeeze in one last caller. Caroline in Pinelands, good afternoon. Hi, thank you. It's so lovely to have Mornay back on the radio. <laughs> Isn't it just? Um, Mornay, um, I laid out my daughter's garden and we've got one particular bed where the plants just keep dying. And she said that she investigated the other day. She's got a sprinkler system installed by professionals. And the water, she says the water doesn't even reach her nail depth when she puts her finger in the ground, which means that the water is not being absorbed for the plants to to, uh, utilize. That is a problem. Obviously, you've got sandy soil in Pinelands, and um, that oily secretion that you have in the um, soil itself is um, produced by bacteria in the soil, and it's given off. And you'll normally find it's only the top uh, 15 to 20 centimeters, which is affected by this oily oily secretion. The one way to improve it, copious amounts of organic matter, compost, it helps as a sponge to absorb the soil. Mm -hmm. There are surfactants that you can use um, which break the water molecules. These are chemicals, the same chemicals that you find in fabric softeners and they break the molecules um, the strength between the water molecules so that the water becomes in inverted commas softer and is absorbed easier into the soil Um, you can actually try it take some of your um, washing machine water your rinse water which has got some of the fabric softening pour it on a spot in your garden and you will see how it gets absorbed the difference Um, the first the first point of call is always lots and lots of organic matter Mm -hmm. and then obviously try and adjust your timing of your irrigation um, so that you you um, also irrigating in the cooler parts of the day especially the morning because what I have found over experience is as the soil gets hot during the day it almost becomes more hydrophobic which yeah. means that it almost repels the water even worse so um, these two tips that you can do is first of all copious amounts of compact uh, compost look at uh, one of those um, uh, surfactants that you can get and then alternatively just look at the time that you're irrigating and between those three you'll definitely solve the problem. Good luck to you, Caroline. Thanks, uh, and good luck to your daughter as well. Lucky to have you helping in the garden. Morna, the time has flown as it always does. Lovely to have you with us, and thank you for the advice for our listeners. It's a pleasure. Morna Fallhammer of Super Plants Garden Centre in Takai.